Welcome to Talk is Cheap, where cheap is talk and talk is cheap. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I have had a lot of you request that I give an update on the UFO disclosure. Now, what has happened with UFO disclosure? It's kind of ran out of gas here. And you look and it's like, okay, over 85 days ago now that we had New York Times come out, post that the UFO thing happened, that we got these guys in these higher level of these programs and... 85 days later, nothing had really happened. It kind of faded away into the sunset, just died slowly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to interject in here right now. As I was editing this, sure enough, the son of a bitch, Tom DeLonge, tweeted that they just released another video and another gimbal thing. I guess it's not considered gimbal this time. That's another video. Same uh, gun camera footage, if you will. I'll give it that. It's a little bit better this time because now we can actually see it's above the water instead of above the clouds. And they got their auto track and this thing's going fast and then they lock onto it. And then we still got the same old dude and bro thing at the bottom that Lou Elizondo, to his credit, said, you don't know what pilots are going to do under stress or different situations. And that's why they talk that way that they talk. But push comes to shove here. This is not really impressive footage once again. March 9th that this was released. It's a Friday night. Seems like they love doing these on Fridays. But there it is. I, like I said, I'm, I put, kind of put this video together that I'm editing right now. Because nothing was going on for the longest time. So I wanted to put something out. But then this comes out. So I just, I'm aware of it, yes. Another a video was released today, March 9th, and I'm going to sneak it in here for you. The reason I never covered it, because there really wasn't much to cover, but what I did do now is take a step back and look at these guys's, you know, more in depth, some of their interviews and trying to read in between the lines here. So like a brief rundown of this. So basically DeLong's doing what he wanted to do is sell merch. You look go on his Twitter page right now. Every damn there, every tweets, buy merch, buy merch. You get these uh, koozies. It's like, okay, we just announced that aliens pretty much exist. Not using those words, of course. And the best thing you can do is sit there and try to sell merchandise, which is going to kind of be irrelevant once we can get into that space age. But that's a side issue. And I was listening to these other interviews with Jim Semivan. Now he... I wanted to say that he was on our side, but now I'm more listening to him because he was he was an experiencer. I've had Grant Cameron on. We talked about it. He was an experiencer. And now I'm kind of thinking about it. It's like I saw that one video of him, and now he's CIA trained as a spy. Can you trust a spy? My name is Jim Semivan. I'm a retired CIA officer. I worked as a spy for 25 years in the CIA's clandestine service. Had a wonderful career there. Uh, working as a, as a spy is always interesting. Uh... And then Louis Elizondo, who's mainly the guy speaking out right now, and I'm going to cover him the most today. I like him, but at the same time, you'll see flip-flops, and I'll go through that here. But before I go through that, I want to just state right now, YouTube has been attacking a lot of channels and I'm sure you saw we had a strike a couple weeks ago 
sucks, but yeah, they're really cracking down. Now to counter that, I've had a lot of input from you guys, you know, start a bit shoot, get all your channels elsewhere, get all your videos elsewhere. So I am, if we look on the main website here, this is the homepage, k2d4network.com. So if you guys could go ahead and please subscribe to these, if you're on these platforms, we got DTube, BitChute, we're now on Apple Podcasts, which is kind of cool. I always kind of wanted to get on podcasts. Didn't know about how to do the RSS feed and all that, but we're there now. And also Google Play Music if you're on Android. That being said, I would still appreciate it if you would listen to us on YouTube because that's where our income, most of our income's coming from right now. And if that goes away, whatever. But just have these as backups. Subscribe to them so they're there. So if we're gone, you can pick up their and some people say, hey, start another YouTube channel. Well, it's a lot of work to bring your subscriber base back up. And I don't know, it's just, it's such a mild journey. So yeah, please go over there, subscribe to these. If you got an Apple podcast, get on there. And don't, like I said, if it, if it works better for you, go ahead and use that to listen to us. But I would definitely prefer you guys still to watch us through YouTube just because that's where our income is coming from. And it's not a lot, believe me, folks. It's not like we're making bank here but it does help. So Luis Elizondo. Now, at the core level, I really like this guy. You can feel that he's genuinely a patriot, but at the same time, you can tell that he's given this narrative to say, and it's just like, it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, because it's like, how do you know that, but you can't say that? They're the, they're the same things. So I'll go through some examples here. But... You know, the core thing, yeah, he's saying to remain skeptical, ask questions, continue pushing the boundaries, and demand the data. So th they want this outcry for the public to push this stuff. So their whole main objective was basically put out the video of these unidentified aerial phenomenon and then get the public to start asking questions to push the press because the press, we all know, is pretty dumbed down and they're just... These are some of this is some of the worst press I've ever seen. They're not even asking real questions. And then in hopes of getting this to Congress and bringing it before that way so we can bring it out in our own program. It gets complex because we know they already invented this stuff. They got it in black projects. And I think at the core they know that. But they want to take that bypass away, go through the right channels, make sure you release the information legally. So they can't, you know, shut this thing down. And they're really trying to do checks and balances like Jim Semivan, when he was talking privately with another uh, researcher, that they're trying to be very careful on releasing this stuff. So they dot their I's and cross their T's. So making sure that nothing happens. That's really kind of why they refrained away from using the word alien, too, because it's like, oh, we don't want to scare the public. Or I shouldn't say the public. I should say the media because the media really has a stigmatism around the word alien and then it gets shut down and then you get nowhere. So they're really trying to do this slow, like now it makes sense why they did that. And now when Lewis was in his Department of Defense, he was working close with Bigelow and now that New York Times article, and I talked about this in my other video, phase one, they had launched to the Stars Academy, phase two, released the UFO footage three which they touched upon in that new york times article they recovered material now he's i got a clip here i'm gonna play he kind of backed up and he's like no that's meta materials 
which he says is light, heat, metal, or sound collected at various sites. Let's listen in. He's basically said, now this is the the uh, facility they got from Bigelow, the warehouse where they were going to store this stuff if if they found something. Keep that in mind here. So when the contract was let to, to have a storage facility, the intent of that storage facility was to be able to store any type of sensitive information, data, or material that might or could be recovered in the future. Um, so whether or not material has been actually recovered and is stored in that facility, I am unable to comment. He's unable but, to comment. That means, yes, they do have material in there. Why would you rent a space if you're not using it? I can tell you is that the intent of that facility was to be able, should we need it to, store material information and data in a secure manner. Now, what type of material are we talking about? We're not talking about unidentified alloys that people continue to, to hit on. Uh, what we are talking about are actually, we're talking about metamaterials whose, whose isotopic ratios are so unique that they are not found here naturally on this planet. Not found naturally on this planet. Keep that in mind because he's going to flip-flop later. And those isotopes are, are isotopic ratios are in, are, are in such a way that technologically uh, we, it would be exceptionally, exceptionally expensive for us to try to replicate. Now, with that said, um, everything that, that moves in our environment uh, leaves some sort of signature. And sometimes that signature is in the form of light and heat. Sometimes it's in the form of sound. Sometimes it's in the form of metal. If you look at, a, at an aircraft sitting on the tarmac, sometimes bits and pieces of its tire might fall off. Sometimes fuel might leak. Sometimes, you know, in rare instances, a, a piece of aircraft might actually <laughs> fall off uh, of an aircraft if it's, if it's performing some extreme maneuvers. So from our perspective, anything that potentially could be left behind would be enormously to 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 better understand its 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 performance characteristics and perhaps even its origins. So from that perspective, yes, any and everything that could potentially be associated with one of these phenomena is something that we would want to get a get our hands on and and analyze. So we all know that they have this stuff, and now that's how they're. It's so weird because it's like. We don't know what it is, but yet we collected some samples. Now, now we're not saying that it's a big part of a ship over these little whatever, sound, metal, heat, like he says. So take that for what you will, folks. We know that they got recovered alien craft. Now, I understand there's compartmentalization. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. But if the government really wanted to assess a threat and get this figured out, they need to talk to each other and get this done. Now he's talking about we don't know what these are, and it kind of pushes that threat narrative. To aircraft. Now, we know them to be simply technological vehicles, but to somebody who's never seen one, they are technically an unidentified flying object. So the question remains, Giuliano, what as a people do we want to do? Is this important enough for us to collectively look at and determine is this a problem? Keeping in mind these things may be over our airspace, our controlled airspace, and these are things that we have no idea what they are, we sure. have no idea how they work, and there's nothing we can do about it. So from a national security... That's what they tell you. They tell you that they don't know what they are. This is what they want to push 
that threat narrative to try to get the public to act on their emotions to bring this out. Now, that's what they want to do, push it in there to get it into Congress. But is this going to be used as a problem reaction solution, much like David Icke? Problem, there's stuff over our airspace. We don't know what it is. Reaction, oh, no, are they going to kill us? Solution, let's arm up and get all the, the um, infrastructure in place to take care of that. Perspective, one has to ask the question, is it a threat? Maybe it's not a threat. And let me, if I may, digress for just a moment and give you another example. Sure. If I may ask you. And his example is basically you go lock your doors at night when you go to bed and you wake up in the morning, nothing's taken, but and everything's in its place, but you see muddy footprints. Now, this is happening night after night, and this has been for 70 years now. Hmm. You guys had 70 years to figure this out. Okay. Now you're just, uh, it's just, it's mind-boggling. And I understand that they're trying to dumb this down for the average person, but, because this really isn't for us, me or you. This is for the average person in the media who's brainwashed by CNN and whatever else to start getting them to demand that Congress look into this. Now, the, the other thing that I want to mention here, too, because I was listening to his interviews here on the UFO Congress. That was a pretty good interview with him. It was only like 40 minutes. So it wasn't too bad to sit through. That's People were under the impression that Louis uh, Elizondo, that he went above them in the Pentagon and released these videos. No, these are approved by the Pentagon and come out. What does that mean? He's working for them, bringing this out. So that's a flip-flop. Because he says he le he left and then joined up and then they were going to release this footage. Now, this is approved footage by the Pentagon, so he's obviously working for somebody. So let's listen into this clip. How were the videos released? Was it under false pretense or a trick, as Washington Post suggests? No, there was no trick uh, and there was no false pretense. The videos were released in accordance with, uh, with the strict manner that DOD prescribes. Uh, to DOD uh, manuals and, and regulations involving the release of, of information. All approved. Uh, it went through the official DOPSER process, uh, and then uh, furthermore, an additional step was taken to have the videos reviewed by foreign disclosure representatives, in fact, the most senior foreign disclosure representatives in the department, and ultimately required OCA, or Original Classification Authority, approval and review to release the video. So, in essence, I didn't release anything. Uh, the Department of Defense released those videos. The documentation uh, is, is held by the Department of Defense, and uh, the, the justification for releasing those videos were exactly as stated, uh, and that was to create an unclassified database that people could then access and try to help us identify the signatures we were help, seeing. Help them identify. <laughs> oh, my God. That's, like, that's the funniest part, I think, about this, because it's like... Okay, you've had plenty of time to figure this out. You have had, you have got a black budget, or maybe you don't have a black budget. You got a budget, let's just say that, to investigate these things. You got meta materials or craft. I think you got more than meta materials. And then the idea to release these is to help get the public awareness to help you figure out what the hell these things are. It's like that's where it's just I like. Lewis, Lewis on the front, but then I see these like, that doesn't make sense. 
So speaking of flip-flop, I put together a little video together where he flip-flops in this interview. And it's pretty funny when you watch it because it's like, oh, I just I was going to quit, going to fade off into the sunset. And then later he talks about giving up everything to bring this out to the public. If you were going to leave anyway, how does that work? So let's watch that. My decision to leave the U.S. government was before I ever knew anything about To The Stars Academy of Arts and Science. Uh, my initial plan was to frankly fade off into the sunset, uh, take a job working something that uh, I could enjoy that McDonald's. was completely unrelated to the U.S. government. Um, and um, if you will, like I said, fade off into the sunset. To come out, I, I, I gave everything to do this. Um, I gave up a fantastic job. I was at the top of my career. So right there, folks. He said he was going to leave, fade off into the sunset, do something he likes, go away. And then the question is, he gave up everything to do this. That's a complete flip-flop because you were going to give it up anyway to do something else, according to your narrative here. Um, doing very well financially. I uh, had a great 401k plan, great benefits, pension, everything. Give up every single thing you have going to pursue this in order to have the conversation with the American people. This, I can tell you, was not a financially good decision for me. It was not a good decision in anything, anyway, because I've spent my entire career living in the shadows. In fact, to some degree, my survival depended on it. And, and you can hold your heads up high and not worry about the, the social stigma that's attached to this and the labels that have been given to you. Then I think I've accomplished my mission. Then I think I've accomplished my mission. Then I think I've accomplished my mission. He's on a mission, folks. I think I've accomplished my mission. Accomplished my mission. Accomplished my mission. Accomplished my mission. Right there. He's on his mission. Done by design. When I see him, I can tell he's a genuine guy. And he's just got to say this narrative about, hey, you know, he's got to back it up. That's, it's just... It, it's mind-boggling because you go one way and it's like, oh, I kind of like what he's doing. And then you see the flip-flop and it's like, wait a minute. So, of course, he says he hasn't been released from his non-disclosures and he's legally bound. So he's only saying stuff that he's allowed to say. And that's understandable because secret clearances go beyond your level of employment. All right, now this clip right here is going to go through and tell you why we need to have this conversation. It's important. And that's what he hoped these videos would do. Is it possible that the evidence and analysis for each case will be made available to scientists like us? So your everyday scientists. I think it's more than a possibility. I think it's an imperative. That conversation needs to occur between the American people and, and, and our lawmakers. It should have and occurred 60 if, years ago. Uh, if the American people insist on it, then it'll happen. Um, I, I think it's a matter of time. Um, I'm not sure we can put, it at, the, at this point, the cat back in the bag. I think the conversation has already been started, and uh, I think um, I think it's inevitable. At least that's my hope. So that's the plan. Just get the public to push for Congress to do this. That's what they want to do. That's all there is to this. So he was talking earlier about metamaterials and that they're not from this earth. And then he goes on to say, we don't know where these come from, that they could be another material from another country. Oh, that leads then to the next question. Well, if it's not ours and it's not theirs, then whose is it? I don't know whose it is. That's why we're asking the hard questions. That's why we did what we did for the last 10 years and why we need to continue doing what we're doing.
because we need to ask those questions. We don't know whose they belong to. We don't know. Department of Defense doesn't know who they belong to. That's a big problem. Who they are or what they are, but we know that they're real. So I, I would submit to you that because of that, we need to continue to explore. We need to continue asking the hard questions. So Lewis, I got a little tip for you what you could have did. Okay, so you don't think we recovered this stuff. I got a little tip for you. You could head on down to Area 51 down here. Now this is 51 Road or Groom Road, whichever you prefer. We're coming off Extraterrestrial Highway. And now right here, we're gonna come up to the uh, first sign, which is about right in here somewhere. Now you're gonna have one of those guys in the white trucks, those camo dudes who think they're all that. Whack and hut, if you will. They'll be watching you. But if you got your secret clearance in the Department of Defense, we gotta get in here, get what signage you need. If you gotta go get a top secret cosmic clearance, whatever it is, grab that and we head right through. Now they might harass you a little bit and come down and chase you, but you say, Department of Defense, Luis Elizondo, let me in. Now this is what you could have did before, because they got the stuff in here. Now you're gonna drive through on this road, come all the way back, because it's a little bit of a drive. Come back around, and now, now this first spot right here, there's gonna be a fence right in here, and more whacking hut vehicles. Now these guys are gonna be cocky, and for lack of a better term, assholes. But if you put them in their place, they'll stand down and be like, Luis Elizondo, top secret cosmic clearance, let me through. They'll have no, no choice but to stand down. Now you're going to follow this road the rest of the way through. It's going to bring you out to Groom Lake. Have you ever heard of it? Groom Lake. There's no water there, of course, but it's all sand. You're going to come around. And this will bring you right to the base. Now, you can make the argument that maybe they had some alien craft here at one point. Hangar 18 comes to mind, but this stuff is no longer here because it's too known and they got to keep it compartmentalized. And this is how we don't get anywhere because we got off all this secret black project money, trillions of dollars spent into this stuff. And if they were working together to assess a threat, by golly, I would hope that you would go down to Nevada, Area 51, and blow the doors off this thing, for lack of a better term. Because these guys, ugh, it's time. So then, you're not going to find it here. So what you're going to want to do is bring this road back down this way. We're going to want to come this way. We're going to go down to the left, back here. And we're going to follow this through. This is a bit of a drive down here. We're going to keep following it this way. Down, down. Now these are some dusty roads because they're going to act like nothing's down here, but there's something down here. This is Papoose Lake Bed. We'll back up here. Papoose Lake Bed. So Area 51, Groom Lake, Papoose Lake Bed about right somewhere in here you're gonna find your alien craft you're looking for now this is better than meta materials 
You're going to have fully back engineered ARVs, alien reproduction vehicles, whatever, the whole lot. Go down there, ask what the hell they are. They've recovered alien bodies, the whole works. Your questions will be answered. You don't need the public to figure this out for you. Bring in Congress, let's bring this disclosure out because this is where it's at. Stamp, sealed, and sent away. So there, that's all you had to do. Department of Defense, National Security, figure out what clearance you need to get in here. Blow the doors off this thing because these guys keep back engineering this stuff and they have the black budget, trillions of dollars. This is probably hooked into the, their SSP program where they got ships out in outer space, the whole works, and we want to sit and talk about metamaterials not knowing where UFOs come from? Give me a break. So the bottom line here, of course I'm being a little goofy on this. I'm sure he knows about this stuff, folks. But the bottom line here is their whole thing that they want to do, keep this quiet. Jim Semivan was talking to another researcher they know this stuff. He's an experiencer. They got to keep it at a certain small level, bring it out nice, slowly, and classified, or unclassified. Let me restate that. So they can't shut them down. Because, of course, you got different, you know, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And, um, and this is why we don't get anywhere as a civilization, because there's so many. There's probably like three separate space engineered UFO programs, secret space programs. The whole works. There's probably, of course, there's breakaway civilizations, but there's probably multiple. That's how ridiculously split up this stuff is. Real quick before I end the show, here's the clip of Luis Elizondo talking about. I don't know. Maybe there is other compartmentalized projects. We don't know. Well, uh, if, of course, if there's a classified program that, that I am aware of, I, I would not be able to, to discuss it in any way. I either uh, is. But from general perspective, as I said, there's a lot of things that go on the department that not necessarily uh, everybody else is aware of. Um, I would not be surprised if there were other pockets in the U.S. government that were doing what we were doing. In fact, I would hope that would be the case, but I cannot comment either way whether or not um, that is that is that is the case um and that is the case that's what he means because he can't comment therefore yes it is so to finish up break this down real easy to wrap up what to the stars academy is all they want to do inform the public bring these videos out maybe they'll get better maybe they won't i'm i'm not impressed with what we've seen so far it's been a while they're supposed to be releasing another video we're due for one as jim, jim semivan said but they haven't released that yet get that out get the public to demand Congress do something. That's really why I believe they're trying to push that threat narrative too, is to get the emotion up like, oh, we're not protected, to try to get people to try to push Congress to you know, do what they're supposed to do to protect us. And then the next section is once they get all that out, they wanna actually start building this stuff through the private industry. Now, that's a really important because through the private industry, we talked about this on the show before, is probably where it's going to happen because we already see SpaceX building rockets taken off. And now, you know, Mr. Bigelow, with all of his fortune and what he owns and having the metamaterials at his place to build these things and then release them to the public that way. Because these secret programs, 
you know, Area 51, there's tons more. Like, they're not going to get this stuff out to the public because it's classified, that's classified, that's classified. Well, that's classified. It's time to move ahead as a civilization because I'm so sick of this. This is why it's such a drag to live on this planet because I never, it's like, you can feel that we're supposed to live free and this ain't free. This is under control, people. Monetary system, the technology. And that's the other thing, too. These people in the, I don't want to get too political here, but you got uh, Democrats complaining about, you know, we're not protecting the environment. We're not protecting the environment. You release this stuff. It's free energy. We don't have to worry about it. Fight for this. This solves all our problems. It solves hunger. It solves the pollution problem. It solves it all. No, let's just sit here and fight with each other when the solution's been right in front of us the whole time. It's time to change. It's time to stop, as it's that one guy says. Anyway, guys, I've blabbed on long enough. Thank you guys for joining me. Like I said, please go over and subscribe to the other channels that I have. And if you don't, just remember k2d4network.com will be the homepage. You can go there. If we ever do get shut down, I pray that we don't. We're only on one strike right now. And that goes away in three months. But if we go down, go over there to figure out where we are. I'm sure I'll have a news art, uh, news blip written up if something goes crazy. But, yeah, like I said, I prefer to keep having you watch me on YouTube because that's where the income comes from. So with that being said, thank you for joining me. This is Dan Hofeld for Talk is Cheap. And we'll be back next week with the. Uh, actually, uh, this is why <laughs> this is why I don't release the show every week, and I do these in between every other, because Pete forgot to show up for the show that's going to air next week. So it'll be me and Dusty, and we'll be talking about the Stardust Ranch. So we'll see you later.